And you are listening to Almighty Fortress is Our God. And why are we playing that? Because this coming Sunday, even though it is a Sunday after Pentecost, is also going to be celebrating Reformation. And who doesn't sing Almighty Fortress is Our God? Uh, unless you're a pastor who may not be aware of it, such as uh, Pastor Mark Smith. Are you aware who wrote this? What are you talking about, Tom? Of course I'm aware of this. Oh, you are? (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. Martin Luther's hymn. Yes. Martin Luther's great hymn. He wrote both the tune and the words. He did write the tune as well. Oh, he did that uh, a lot. Um... There are some people who take well-known tunes and put words on them. But he wrote this tune as well as the words. Well, he sure hit it out of the park, didn't he, on this one? Yes, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Now, the one you were listening to was a different translation. In fact, we have two different translations in our regular hymnal right now. And we're going to be taking a look at the traditional one. And uh, the second one is a different translation, and the one that she was singing is a third one. Uh, By the way, you will be hearing her again, because I'm preaching here at the International Center, so I have to leave a little early, uh, unless you want to take over the program. Oh, no, that's fine. You go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to say, or you could do the sermon. Did you want to? No, that's okay. okay. I, I like to be prepared when I preach. Yes. So you hardly ever preach? (laughs) <laughs> no, I preach. I preach all the time. Are you kidding? Oh, so last Sunday you preached? No, I did not preach I, last. Oh boy! Well, that took care of that thing. <laughs> I was up in Detroit, or at least north of Detroit. Yeah, and did attending you hear about my the sermon. Huh? Was he pretty good? Was it a seminary? Uh, no, I attended. Uh, no, no, I, the, the fellow who preached. No, uh, you're really putting me on the spot. I drove back on Sunday. Oh, so I listened to. I listened to. Uh, services on the radio oh yeah okay all right why don't you read the first stanza of a mighty fortress a mighty fortress is our god a trusty shield and weapon he helps us free from every need that hath us now or taken the old evil foe now means deadly woe deep guile and great might are his dread arms in fight on earth is not his equal I love starting off seminars saying that Mark Smith and I on Tuesdays try and get people to read the hymn as well as sing the tune because a lot of people aren't aware of what it's saying. For example, there is this hymn that says, On earth is not his equal, and who is that referring to? It's talking actually about Satan. But everybody thinks everybody it's Jesus. thinks it's talking about Jesus. I and know. And I said, well, maybe you haven't heard. It's called the Mighty Fortress is our God. It's it's amazing how many times we can read uh, or sing a hymn without reading it. Right. We we uh, we do this on Tuesdays to give you some insights to talk to your children about it, so that they may join in the singing. But. We've done this probably about six times already. On the radio. Right, oh, right. Oh, yes. Yes. So we need to find some new things. And I, I've got one here. Um, the Apostle Paul talks about that we need to put on the armor of God. Right. And so 
the question I had in the sermon, do we put on the armor of God by attending worship services, reading the Bible, etc.? Yes, all of those. And, of course, that's not the correct answer. <laughs> what are you talking about? You put on the armor of God by, uh, by being in the Word, by using the, the Word in sacrament, uh, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, Actually, the, the helmet of salvation. All that comes from arming ourselves with, with the whole armor of God. The, the, oh, I hate to do this Oh, to boy, you. you're really going to drop me, huh? <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. Oh, great one. Um, no, she's not here. Uh, your wife. Um, actually, C.F.W. Walther speaks against that interpretation. Okay. When he says, a woman comes to the pastor and says, I don't feel close to God. And the pastor says, well, you need to start coming more to worship services, Bible classes, etc." And Walther points out that that's law. And one thing about law is that we can never follow it. And the other thing about law and gospel is what we can't do in the law, God gives in the gospel. Now, what I did in the sermon, I took those various weapons. Yeah. Like the shield of faith, shield of faith the breastplate of righteousness. Helmet of salvation. And guess what? I found verses where Jesus is wearing them. And I made the point, if you listen carefully to Paul, you're not putting on some armor that you have in a closet that you bring out. You're putting on the armor of God, which is just another way of putting on Jesus. Right. The, so. His robe of righteousness. When does that occur? At baptism. Yes. When you're baptized, you now have the armor of God on you. Yes, but you want to return to all those promises. In no, 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 no. You no. want to daily return Paul to Paul says, put on the armor of God. And just like Peter says, when they say, what can we do? Be baptized. Yes. And then you receive these things. So my question but, but baptism was, isn't something that's, you know, early in our life and we forget about it. We want to we want to daily. Re that's why we make the sign of the cross in our devotion daily, because we want to return, return to the promises of the, uh, that's inherited in our baptism. So I said in the sermon that the reason you go to worship services is not to put on the armor of God. You've already got it on. OK. But you learn how to use it. OK. OK. All right. It's it's totally different. I have the armor of God on me right now. I don't have anything to fear from the devil. And that's because of my baptism, mm -hmm. not because of I'm following some command and going to worship services. I even made the point, you don't have to go to worship services to get to heaven. Thief on the cross probably never did. And how many times have you and I gone into a hospital room and we're talking to somebody? In fact, I'm going to be doing that today. Uh, we just had uh, one of the members of Trinity Orchard Farm uh, get a uh, pancreas transplant yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, it was an emergency surgery, and he got through it okay. And so we were at the hospital, but the surgery was like five, six hours. Oh, boy. So we're coming into more. Remember last, um, recently, uh, we had a nine-month-old baby, Zachary, yes. get a heart transplant. So this is really quite interesting. The congregation is very thankful for these things. But we get our heart transplant, if we're talking about it spiritually, at baptism. At that, at baptism. Creating me a clean heart, O oh God. And that's when I wear the breastplate of righteousness, 
And each of these items, like the breastplate of righteousness that Jesus is wearing, is found in Isaiah. The sword of the Spirit is what he uses in Revelation. So every one of those armaments are really the armor of God. And the only way we put them on is not by obeying some commandment, but by receiving them by grace through faith and baptism. Your point is excellent that if you stay away from worship and such, you not only don't know how to use the armor, you could lose it, you know, because that's what nuns are doing. You know, that big group of um, people leaving the church, N-O-N-E-S. N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N. Exactly. Okay, N-O-N-E-S. And uh, you know what the number three reason is? The first one is evolution, why they're leaving the church. Because God's not necessary. But uh, the third reason was one I found interesting. In the churches they attended, the people had the idea that they were better than others. And then these nuns say, yeah, but they keep sinning all the time. And so they call them hypocrites. And what I said in last week's sermon is, no, that's not the definition of a hypocrite. That's the definition of a Christian. Because we start every worship service, I, a poor, miserable sinner. Yes. And I deserve what? Uh, temporal, temporal and eternal punishment. Excellent, excellent. So, well, that's, that's just an excuse. These people that stay away from church, it's just another lame excuse that they give, that's all. But they're excuses from the devil. Right, sure. And the way to counter them, in fact, I was talking to one of our listeners. He says, you know, when I talk to somebody of another religion, I have come to the conclusion that my goal isn't to proselytize, you know, and convince them we're right. He says, my goal is to clarify what I believe. Because these people who are against Christianity, they don't really realize what we believe. No, they don't. They don't get it. Yeah, and I think that makes a big difference that we're here to clarify what God has revealed in his holy word. So why do I mention all this armament? Because a mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. See, that's the arms of God. And how do we have it on? We we got it through baptism. So I never really looked at it that way before, that the trusty shield and weapon is none other than Jesus himself. He's our armament. And we put on the armor of God, like Peter says in his sermon, when they say, what can we do? He says, be baptized. That's not something they do. It's a passive. In other words, it's something that's done to them. And then remember the two gifts they receive? You'll receive the gift of the the Holy Spirit. Excellent. And and faith. Uh, let's see, wait a minute. Remission. What does he says? Remission of sins and the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. That's right. So your point is really important. We need to every day look back at our baptism. Um, how do you teach that in your church? Well, I, for one thing, I preach it. I yes. preach it all the time. Excellent. I mean, I yeah, it's, that's one of those several things that I, I try to mention in every sermon. I always try to point people to the promises of their baptism, and I do that in Bible class. And, yes, uh, and that's a problem these days. You know, these pastors are not. I, I say I, I'm talking a little bit loosely here, but you know, the well, pastor, pastors that, radio that don't preach baptism. No, and, no, they don't. 
because many of them don't believe it to be a sacrament. They, they believe it to be what we would consider confirmation. Or they, or they consider, it, well, it was done a long time ago, and okay, that's done, forget about it. You know, yeah, and yet if you look at them and say, oh, I hear you had an adopted child, when did they get adopted? And they'll say, oh, about 10 years ago. Well, that was a long time ago, just forget about it. <laughs> you no longer have an adopted child. You see, every time we go to absolution, you know, when we when we go through when we when we confess our sins at the yes. beginning of the service, we confess our sins, and we hear a holy absolution that our sins are as a called and ordained servant of a word. I announce the grace of God unto you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive all, all your sins. Yes, that's that's pointing people to baptism. Excellent. In fact, how does the worship service begin? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And what Again, does that, point? that yeah. points us to our baptism. Excellent, excellent. For us, baptism therefore becomes the assurance. Sure, it's God pure gospel. Pure yeah. gospel. Exactly. And when you consider it just a work of man, and a child can't choose to be baptized, and you don't baptize them, that's just terrible. I mean, and I'll tell you what, we shouldn't put off baptism. You know, I hear sometimes about these uh, parents that put off baptism for for weeks or months, months. You know, they don't, they'll be baptizing that child as soon as possible. Uh, and your point is a lot of times they put it off because maybe family are coming. Or yeah, they get, like let's that. get the whole family together. Or some, yeah, I understand there I understand there's some pastors that make these uh, couples uh, take a course. Uh, you know, and and before they can have the child baptized, well, it's really? good good to talk about baptism. But for goodness' sake, get that child baptized, get that child baptized well, right I, away. I would do that if I was talking with a non-member. Right. Let's say two people just walk into church. We like our child baptized, but don't put off that baptism for for months until that's yeah. done. Get it done right away. Yes. How long was it after you were born that you got baptized? Oh, it was. It was I think it was a matter of just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine was also. You know, what we do at Trinity Orchard Farm now, every time we baptize, confirm, we not only give them a certificate, but we're putting it in a frame that they hang on their wall. Yeah. They have some of those nice vintage uh, certificates that are that are frameable and they look Yeah, like, yeah, the Secretary know. of Trade has done a certificate. It's just amazing. And it fits right into the uh, Dollar Tree frames that I buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the certificate is so good looking. Get those at Dollar care. Tree? Get the good frames at Dollar Tree? Is oh, yeah. That, oh, okay, I'll have to look there. Oh, my, yeah. I think it's three for a dollar. Eight and a half by 11. Hmm. Yeah. In fact, I'm framing one uh, in, in the, yeah, was it? Lutherans Engage. One of my field workers had an article, so I'm going to frame it and send it to him. He, he did really good. He's vice president of the Synod from Palestine. You know who he is. Oh, yes. Right. Can't, I can't pronounce his name or remember his name, but I know who you mean. Yes. Stanza 2. With might of ours cannot be done. Soon were our loss effected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask ye who this who this is? Jesus Christ it is, of Sabaoth Lord, and there's none other God. He holds the field forever. So we're trying to help children understand this. 
Um, I have a funny PowerPoint I do. You know you're in a Lutheran church. Uh, The first one is when everybody's sitting at the back. (laughs) And what I did at one church, at the end of the service, I asked them all to move to the back three rows, and the front ten rows were empty. (laughs) I took a picture. Uh, They normally don't do that. But the other thing I say, you know you're in a Lutheran church when they misspell the word Sabbath. Yeah, Sabaoth. And that's in this verse. Right. That's not Sabbath. Okay, what is that? Sabaoth is the whole heavenly host. Excellent. I mean, all the. You have to explain what host is now, too. You're talking about all the heavenly angels. Yes. That when we say uh, Lord is over the Sabaoth, that means the angels are at his beck and call. Right. You know, that's. But getting back to the armor of God. Um, when I fight against the devil, I need to realize what this verse says. But for us fights the valiant one. Jesus is the one who's fighting through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And and that's because I can have the assurance that I'm wearing the armor of God. It, It really makes a huge difference here. The more you understand that there's not a distinction from the Father's point of view between your faith in Jesus in you, then Jesus is the one who is doing the fight against the valiant one. Uh, yesterday I met with a family, of course, while uh, their, well, in one case their son, their husband, were going, was going through this surgery. And how do we comfort them? Do we say, oh, I'm sure everything will be okay because he was a perfect person? <laughs> no. No. You go back to Jesus and, and the promises that Jesus has. So once more, even in this verse, Jesus is the one who fights on our behalf. Stanza three. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill. They shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. Yeah. How do you understand that one little word can fell him? Well, one word word of God. Yes. uh, Begone Satan, or he is risen. Christ is risen. Or I am baptized. Yeah, you take your excellent. pick. Any, any, of those, any of those words at work. That, that's very good. Because even the world is filled with devils that are all eager to devour us. One little word can fell him. So that's at the beginning of this hymn, on earth is not as equal. Which means we're not equal to the devil. No. Unless you have the armament of God given to you, unless you have Jesus taking care of you, you're, you're done. Yeah, it says, with might of ours cannot yes. be done. That is That not is not N-O-T, but it's N-A-U-G-H-T. That's nothing can be done with yes. might of ours. It's got to be Christ. the fourth stanza, the word they still shall let remain, nor many thanks have for it. He's by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. 
Notice why is because he's by our side. So it's a huge kind of a, a hymn. We sing it also in the spring during something, if I remember. Uh, Mighty Fortress is our God. There's one Sunday that it's set up. Ooh, sometime during Eastertide? Uh, I don't know. I think after Easter. Yeah. 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 So you're preaching this Sunday? Yes, absolutely. And where? At Prince of Peace Lutheran Church out here in Crestwood. We're just south of the Watson, New Sappington intersection, 8646 New Sappington Road. And we have services Saturday evening at 5 p.m. and Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Excellent. Followed, followed by Bible class. Yes, and I'll be um, at Trinity Orchard Farm this Sunday, of course. We're going to be starting a new adult instruction. I've got about eight people interested. The trouble is trying to get them together yes, all at the same time. That's... So we are beginning one in uh, uh, the, the Monday after Halloween at 5 p.m. in the afternoon. The and first then, Monday after Halloween, right? That's right, Halloween <laughs> Eve. That's what it is. So we're, we're kind of looking forward to that. And then we'll set up some other ones if people can't make that. Uh, like Sunday night is free for me. There's nothing at the church on Sunday night, so I might start one there. But thanks a lot. I hope you have a great Reformation service. And uh, you gave the address? 8646 New Sappington Road. Yes, and we're cutting out a little early here because I need to go and preach in the IC tomorrow, I'll be doing Insight Wednesday and sharing with you a passage that really helps people understand what Lutherans teach. That's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. So then, until then, uh, God bless.
Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday at this time on Worldwide KFUO. For a contribution to the program, make your check payable to Law & Gospel and mail it to Pastor Tom Baker, Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. You can call toll-free at 1-877-267-1962 or email lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.